Welcome back to Black Mental Health. And now back to our program. Welcome back, brother. Salam alaikum. Peace to God. Peace to the universe. Um, I just had um put a title on our first segment. Uh, you're listening to Black Mental Health and Race. We were talking about you are better than the mindset that is limiting you. Um, procrastination is not your enemy. It probably has nothing to do with the things that you failed to accomplish. More so, it's your mindset. And that is what is sabotaging you from moving forward. You gotta, you're going to have to do some cleanup. And that ain't even the big problem. You're not even going to get to the bigger problems or be have a clear mind to get to those great achievements that you have to make if you don't do the little small cleanup. Your mind looks like your environment. And that is what is holding you back. Yeah. So if 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 your room looks a mess, if your home looks a mess, your mind looks a mess. Hmm. Your your mind is all over the place, and your mind doesn't know where to start hmm. because everything looks like a a task. And you are all over the place. There's so many things that's happening and you don't know where to start. And what ends up happening is you never finish a task because you go over to the next task and then over to the next task. And now you got all these tasks, all these fires started and you don't know how to let any of them out. You know how to get them started, you don't know how to, but you don't, you don't know how to get them finished. You know how to light the fire, but you don't know how to get the fire out. Mm. Yes, indeed. You know, and, and what you don't understand about your brain <clears throat> is your brain knows you better than you know you. So your brain mm. automatically creates self-defense mechanisms to protect you. Because your brain says to you, Okay, this is going to cause you anxiety, right? This is going to this is this is going to cause you stress, mm -hmm. and so the way to avoid stress is to do something, do something else, or not do right. anything at all, mm. because your brain your brain is trying to protect you at all times. It's mm. not conscious; it's unconscious, right? Right. So anxiety is this. The thought of, the fear of, before something actually happens. It, it, it doesn't actually have to have, have, to have happened. You just are right. anticipating it happening. Hmm. So anxiety shows up. You don't know that it's anxiety. You don't know what it is. It's just a feeling that you feel. Right. You know, I'm walking through this neighborhood. It's 12 o'clock. I might get robbed. Your anxiety hmm. is on 10, on 100. Mm-hmm. You're driving across a bridge. bridge. Bridge makes you nervous. Right? Anxiety shows up. Nothing has happened. But you, your anxiety is out the roof. Mm. 
right? You want to have a conversation with a female, you don't know if she's going to turn you down or not. Your anxiety is out the roof. Nothing has happened yet. Mm. But your mm. anxiety is already out the roof. And your brain is now starting to work. Your brain is starting to say, I need to protect him. I need to protect him. I need to protect him. Mm. And so your brain starts to do these things that will protect you. Mm. Right? Okay, run. Go the other way. Shut down. Don't do anything. Mm. Mm. I'm smiling because that is definitely a revelation. You will miss out on a lot of things that you deserve in life because you you adapt an avoidant behavior or a do-nothing behavior. Those two behaviors is a self-protection under that um, subconscious mind telling you, rather than face this anxiety, face this fear of failing, let's do this instead, or let's do nothing at all. Because that's going to make you feel good temporarily. But like you said at the beginning of the podcast, what is the actual damage if you don't do this? That's, yeah. the, that's the thing that, that we always want to put in the back burner. Life is difficult, but if you don't do this, how much more difficult is it going to be? That's the one thing that we don't see because our subconscious is protecting us with avoidant behaviors and non-existent behaviors, just inactivity. Yeah. I, uh, I identify with that wholeheartedly because as of January 1st, my goal was to clean up the room. And I find myself every day saying, <laughs> don't do it. You got all you got all of January. You got thirty days. It can be done in a couple of hours. Now, I think that's what I was doing when I was doing my college work. I had I was working full time trying to be a parent part time and trying to go to school full time. I was taking uh six or eight classes a semester. That's a lot of work. And instead of doing the 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 work, I would still get an A in the class because I was pretty damn good with um the the classwork, but I wasn't prepared for those tests, even though I was pretty um familiar with the subjects. So I would pass the classes with an A. But I know, I know personally that that pressure was building up each semester that continued till eventually I just dropped out altogether and said, all right, I got to stick to my job. I can't lose my job and I can't lose my marriage. The one thing that has to be sacrificed is the schooling. But that has come back to haunt me. and. Had I had the proper coping mechanisms, I could have had all three still intact. 
But um, that is the self-sabotage that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is... Yeah. Uh, Right. Now go ahead. No, go ahead, finish. It is uh, 3.01 a.m., and I was going to move on to the subject, the tough subject of uh, Dr. Khalid Abdul-Muhammad. Um, if, if you had any other thing that you wanted to say about the um, the last subject, go right ahead. Now go ahead. I'll, I'll if there's something that comes up, I'll, I'll I'll go back to it. But you can go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad was born on January twelfth, nineteen forty-eight. It took me um, by surprise yesterday that it was his birthday. Ironically, um, he's kind of hated. Hated upon, he's kind of frowned upon in uh, American society. So much so that the uh, United States government put a senatorial censure on any type of um, public speaking from him and also passed that uh, decree or edict onto the nation doing something about censoring him the Nation of Islam I'm referring to under the leadership of Minister Farrakhan. And it caused a big rift and a messy mess inside the Nation of Islam um, in terms of progress. Um, now, even mentioning his name is part of um, a controversial and a subject that most people would try to avoid. Ironically, uh, Dr. Khaled's uh, birthday, January 12th, um, is close to another birthday of another leader. Um, What is his name? Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Some of you may know who that I'm talking about, Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, His birthday is celebrated January 15th each year in the United States. Um, He was hated by a lot of Americans, Um, but he's come in his death and uh, in his legacy to be um, a martyr and leader and uh, inspiration to Black Americans, if not um, to the whole country. Um, I think some of us in the great American rhetoric that um, we tend to think that uh, this country is um, progressing on racial issues and we put that at the forefront of um, the struggle against race. But to have these conversations is something that no one wants to have. I think Dr. Khaled um, represented the conversation that we don't want to have as Americans. It's um, not fully one of the reasons why this show is not so popular. It's it's more popular to have um, hot topics and um, 
other things that we procrastinate or try to push the main issue that's an obstacle to the greatness that America can have aside. We try to sweep race under the the, um, the carpet or rug, the proverbial rug. Um, I wanted to know um, what were your thoughts on Dr. Khaled and Dr. Martin Luther King and ironically how close their um, birthday celebrations are. Hmm. Um, my thoughts or on any that... discussion that you want to have on race which is something that even we try to avoid because it it, it's, it has the ability to um, be very get the word I'm looking for but um, it has the ability to divide people yeah, well, I don't, I don't mind having a conversation about race at all, um, but I think that Dr. Khaled and Dr. Interesting enough, both of them are doctors, right? Dr. Khaled mm. Muhammad, Dr. Martin Luther King, both of them are scholars, right? Um, mm. With their academic paralysis, um, so I mm. def- definitely want to acknowledge that. And again, uh, shout out to scholarship and education and. Um, you know, um, them uh, achieving those goals. Those are not easy goals. And I know, you know, people trivialize um, what they call the white man's education system and white man's degrees and all that other stuff. And, uh, you know, um, I, I just, I, I, I hate when I hear people talk about you know, I wouldn't pay a dime for the white man's education. I, 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 you know, or the white man's degrees. I just, I mean, that that type of thinking. Um, I feel like... Um, but, but you're using the white man's cell phone. Right. And and you're using it on the white man's platform. I mean, you, you're on Facebook and Instagram talking about the white man's education and the white man's you know, you know, degrees and all that stuff. I just, you know, and, and if 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 all you had to do was just cut your um, Facebook or shut your your Facebook or your X Y Z down, then I, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you know, as simple as that. As simple as block you, then I don't know how you're making money. Facebook jail. Yeah. yeah. You know, or 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 you even got money or fame because of this white man's platform. It just hmm. you know you're gonna knock somebody else for going to school and getting an education, but you hmm. aren't gonna go to school. But you're gonna use Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, you know, and so they can't they can't make a living doing it that way. They have to make a living doing it your way. And you think you're so much smarter. I, I don't know. Um, but that's the type of foolishness to, to me. When you ask me about Martin Luther King or um, Malcolm X, not Malcolm X, Dr. Khaled Muhammad. Um, We're going to bring I, him I, up too? <laughs> I, I, I see them 
um, as one and the same. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just see them taking two different um, pathways to the same place. Right. Right. And and I think that they both had the greatest intentions of, of black people. Uh, and, you know, they both sacrificed their lives, you know, for the betterment of black people in the black community, the black world. Um, and it, it, it cost them their life. Um, but I, I see both of them as, as black heroes, black people that need to be up, uplifted and never, never forgotten. Um, they, I, I don't know where I would be or where the black world would be without either one of those. Hmm. Um, I when I chose when, when my Muslim name was given to me, Dr. Khalid, um, Khalid, I was not familiar with Dr. Khalid at that time. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to say that I felt very honored later in life to have met him. And okay. I don't know if people can say that they've met Dr. Khalid Muhammad. But having mm. met Dr. Khaled face to face, touch cheek to cheek with him, um, yes, sir. It, it is a phenomenal thing. Um, and then to name my son Khaled, um, yes, you know, after me, after Dr. Khaled Muhammad was very powerful to me. Indeed. He is um, a very controversial figure, but um, if you knew him, really knew of him, not just the things that he said, of all the things that um, Dr. Colley did, his um, verbal lashing of white people is not the biggest thing or his biggest accomplishment. That was his style. Um, But you have uneducated people who will say that that is the most important thing about Dr. Khaled. And they will forget that this man went and got his doctorate degree. He went and educated himself. So although he had a lot of verbal lashings against things that seem anti-American, he accomplished the great American dream of education, of prominence in society, whether you liked it or not. But instead of us emulating those things, we tend to um, take on the, the, the negative things of what he used to do. That was just only a little fraction of who he is. Uh, the same can be said of Martin Luther King. The things that, that we gravitate towards are not the things that empowered Martin Luther King. The I Have a Dream speech is only one little fraction of the man and his achievements and how he even came to the prominence that he had. He had to struggle to get through college. He had to do all of the academic work, the things that we as a people want to shun 
or devalued. Education is the most important thing that you can do in life. And uh, that is a part of my procrastination for cleaning up my room and cleaning up my life. I know I have to get this degree and I know I have to figure out the mental block that I'm putting up. And I think that's why Dr. Martin Luther King and Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad and Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam was such a critical key component of getting past these mental obstacles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, breaking breaking down those type of barriers. Um, I, I am, I think, beginning to realize um, how much of a challenge that is for people. Um, yes, sir. And. I don't know that I've always saw it that way because, you know, I, because I come from where <clears throat> those people come from. I mean, I, I come from those poverty stricken situations or those situations where you are a statistic and you aren't supposed to make it. Um, mm. So I, I, I understand it. Um, but I also understand that succumbing to that um, is more detrimental than, in my opinion, than, than fighting against it. Mm. I think it's, it's easier to not fight than it is to fight. That is correct. And tragic. Yeah. And so I, I think for me, looking at the people that come from where I come from and the worlds of where I come from, see, seeing them and their situation was motivation enough for me to know that I didn't want to end up like that. Mm. And again, I think that it depends on how you want your story told. Mm. Because if you can't tell your story, someone else is going to tell it for you. <laughs> and it may not be as Rosy, as you know, it should have been. Uh, it's not going to be rosy at all. It's going. It, it's going to be the way that they portray it. Hmm. But you, you, you know, you sent me something. You sent me a lot of things. I could look at half of them. But one of the things <laughs> that jumped out at, at me was um, uh, uh, this thing about there's no death for the righteous. Hmm. And. Hmm that really stuck to me because I remember um, I don't know if it was Dr. Khaled but I, I remember 
I remember hearing that um, years mm-hmm. and years and years ago. And yes, that, al- that always stuck with me because I began to understand why Martin Luther King and why, um, why Dr. Khalid Muhammad aren't dead. That's you right. know, why the honor Bilaj Muhammad isn't dead, you know, and That's why right. they and why they won't ever die, because there is That's no right. death for the righteous, because as long as you live, they live. That's right. Right. And 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 they and because of what they left, they live forever. But they hmm. but they but they live through you and they live through through me. Right. Right. And, and so it's what you do while you're here that your daughter and your granddaughter and their children mm-hmm. will always talk about Brother Douglas. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed, brother. You know, I, I heard Al Sharpton say something that stuck with me one time. And mm-hmm. I think he had he had he had done the funeral of I don't know if it was Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, but it was he had done the funeral of somebody famous. And mm-hmm. after the funeral, someone came up to him and said, Man, um, I really like the way you utilize, you know, th- this person. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, if I pass, I would want you to do you know, do, you know, utilize me. Mm-hmm. And Brother Sharpton said he turned around and looked at the brother and he said, well, make sure you do something that's worth being utilized. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's, that, I, that stuck with me because I thought about what he said and what he said to the person. And I thought about what do you do with this life that you have? What do you do with this small time frame of life that you have? How much of an impact do you have? And why should you be remembered? And what should you be remembered for? And if you want people to say great things about you when you pass, Make sure you did great things while you were living. Mm. It's got to be the hardest thing <clears throat> or the most vainest thing for someone to s- step up to the podium at your death and try to make up stories about you. That is unfortunately the toe tag put on um, the death of um, Dr. Khalid Muhammad, and it's um, it's not um, a deserving toe tag that's put on him because his legacy is much deeper and much stronger than um, popular. Um, popular ideals would suggest 
um, even this this podcast that we do. Oh, why you? I want to talk about race. That's so uh, controversial. You you should leave that part. Drop that part. And I'm like, I could, and I could make the the show much more entertaining, and I could make it much more appealing to a lot of people. But the one thing that I do know is that we try to avoid difficult subjects rather than tackling them. It's like I don't want to tackle my room cleaning. We in America don't want to tackle things like race. Um, another brother was killed um, by police in Los Angeles um, within the last three days. They tased him to death, and he went into um, cardiac, cardiac arrest later on. Ironically, um, Lisa Marie Plasley that we brought up at the beginning of this um, podcast passed away in Los Angeles um, of cardiac arrest. Ironically, her father, um, who's a very racist, idealistic uh, person to me, wasn't that to everybody. But to me, he, he seemed uh, very racist, as um, Chuck D said, fuck him and John Wayne for their ideologies. Um, ironically, he's a product of Memphis, Tennessee. And um, it brings up the, the location that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated in. I believe that was Memphis. Is that correct? Am I correct? That is correct. So we're only um, as divided as we are as Americans and as much as we want to um, get away from talking about these tough subjects like race. Um we are only six degrees of separation from each other, black and white, poor and rich, privileged, and uh, permanently underclass. We are right in this uh, pool, best pool of life in America, and we could make it a better place if we were to tackle these uh, tough subjects. I could have a lot more um, influence on um, Facebook and um, YouTube and Instagram, brother. <laughs> if I just left these controversial subjects alone, but I do it not to um, cause people to argue with each other, but to get us to think. I think um, that was my goal with doing this podcast and coming back every week, even though we don't have any audience and still being motivated to put something into the universe that would be helpful or guiding to people who do think like us, who do see um, the fact that America 
is is flooding. Look, look, look at California, um, a place that gets very little rain, is now flooded. About fifty-eight uh, percent of the state is flooded over. Um, there are tornadoes in Alabama and uh, Georgia that have um, killed like six to eight people. This continent, North America, uh, when when it came here, they saw the potential, at least the Westerners that came here to colonize North America, they came here with a mission to populate the whole um, North American continent. What the one big thing that the Native Americans warned them about was that this is this is a part of Mother Earth, and there are parts of this continent that are not habitable for humans. The places that we have set ourselves up in as North Americans are showing us every day that they're not habitable spaces. The all of the tornadoes that they're having in middle America, all of the floods that we're having on the coastal um, parts of North America, we're not supposed to be populated because they're constantly, constantly. It took us uh, 10 years to flood California and they were going through droughts. But look at it now. I think we all have to be mindful of who we are and what we are. And Let's try to work on bringing our thoughts together. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure how I need to respond to that, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I live in a... Um, Uh, bougie side of town. Um, <laughs> that um, I have to share. I now have to share with the deer. The deer are mm. a part of my uh, a part of my community. Wow! Right? And make it um, an invasive species, boy. <laughs> they would run you out your damn house. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, I mean. We have, um, like, in, in this community, um, like, the deer are very um, protected um, and regarded. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can't hit a deer in this community. Um, wow. Uh, you know, not intentionally, anyway. Right. Um, unintentionally, right. unintentionally, you know, maybe... But um, the deer have um, right away. Uh, well, they they have been over. Uh, um, they have been out um, populated here um, mm-hmm. because we it, they just built up so much in the community that what used to be a lot of land, you know, is no longer there. So the deer are now mm. out in the community, mm. right? And and so, 
um, I'm a, wow. I'm a, I feel, I feel like I'm a part of what you're talking about in terms of um, how America is just e- expanding, you know, all, all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. And people are choosing to go to these different communities and these different places. Uh, I don't know what, because they look nice or they're new or whatever, mm-hmm. but the inhabitants of those places are being outpopulated now. Wow. So there's not a lot of wilderness for them. Hmm. It's it's so. definitely something to think about. Um we we um infringing on the natural habitats and um there's gonna be a lot of disasters that are gonna be unavoidable. Um and it may take like 10 or 50 years or 500 years, but these disasters um, are not um, going to be avoided. We're not going to be able to avoid them. I wish all of the people that, that are suffering loss in their individual lives or as a community or as a nation um, the best. Not easy, brother. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's the um, land of free, the home of the brave, bro. <laughs> welcome well, yes, welcome to the United States. <laughs> and welcome to the Terradome. <laughs> exactly. Here's your exactly. ticket. Let the drummer get wicked. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, bro, you know... I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, man. Um, you know, you know, I think about where we come from, you know, how we grew up, mm-hmm. and you know, how we break generational curses, generational um, dysfunction. I was having a conversation with my grandmother t- tonight. My grandmother was like 95, 96 years old. Um, and, you know, she lives in South Carolina. And as much as I love my grandmother, um, <laughs> her, her way of thinking um, is just so... <laughs> It is just so antiquated and so backwards. Mm-hmm. And I can see why my grandmother, um, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed that I'm able to do the things I can do for her. But I right. understand when I listen to her, like, a lot of times we think old people have wisdom. <laughs> but a lot of their wisdom ain't wisdom, bro. Uh, uh, sometimes what they are saying, man, is is um, is <laughs> very counterproductive. And it, it is a hold you back, you know, type of mentality. 
and it's very right. limiting, you know. And mm-hmm. so she kept talking to me about this, this town of Tira, mm-hmm. and you know, talking about how evil she thought the town was and how bad the people were in the town. Um, but her, but her mentality wouldn't allow her to leave. Right. Hmm. You know, I, and so as a, I was listening to her, it, it was frustrating to me. Um, as much as I love my grandma, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't counter her and mm-hmm. say, well, well, Ma, what you're saying don't make sense. What, what mm-hmm. you're saying is very limiting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she was saying things to me that she's always said to me all, 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 all of my life. Um, mm-hmm. You ain't got, you ain't got no friends. They, you know, <laughs> you can't trust people. Um, you know, the only friend you got is Jesus. <laughs> tell the Jesus he won't tell nobody. You know, and and I just was like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say, Ma, I don't want to hear that shit. But it, it, it was just, <laughs> it, it just, it was just that type of thinking, you know, and mm-hmm. she just was just complaining about a lot <laughs> of things. And I was just like, mm-hmm. man, I am so glad that I... <laughs> Didn't adopt. Able to rise above that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I'm just like that type of thinking is that shit is so antiquated. It is, you know, <laughs> and, and she was saying things to me that like my cousins and them probably some of my cousins probably would have thought was deep. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> she was saying, I ain't, I ain't never had no friend. I'm like, well, that's not good. That's not a good thing. You know, right? You know, I. I ain't never had no friends. I just, you know, I don't talk to people about my stuff. I just, you know, um, I just stayed. Yeah. Hey, damn. You must have heard her talk. I just stayed to myself. Go eat my peanuts. Like, I hear this. Like, what? I hear this speech from my, my aunt Clara all the time. Good old Chiro. Man, I'm like. They are a product of the racism that, um, it, inundated them or flooded them out they are yeah. a product of that racism yeah i'm that like we don't want to talk about today <laughs> I, you know i am so i have a i have another cousin that lives down there and she um it's a younger cousin and so she's about to get married but she's about to marry this white guy and mm. my grandma was like but don't tell her what I said, but I don't know why she's marrying that white boy. You know, what she seeing him. He ain't even, he don't even look good. You know, and it's just like, I, I was like, why are you saying that, Ma? You know, and she was like, yeah, well, I said, well, Mom, maybe he treats her nice. Yeah, well, he might hmm. treat her nice. He treat her nice now, but wait, but when he marries, then he's going to change. I said, well, Mom, why would you Mom, why would you say that? Because that's how they and are. How do you know that? I, I said, well, well, Mom, why are you making that's how they are? Why why are you saying that that's the case for everybody? Well, if that ain't the case, then if it ain't the case, then that means you got lucky. I ain't never got lucky. And I was like, Mom, I, Mom, I don't like to hear you talk like that. That doesn't, I mean, if you're talking like that, I, and if somebody's listening, 
thinking you've given them wisdom. That is not wisdom. I, that's, you know, what? I said, no, one. I said, how good of a person are you? Because that's mm-hmm. going to be indicative of the person that you're going to get. Because mm-hmm. you can't be asking for a good person. You're not a good person. You can't be asking mm-hmm. for a ready person and you're not ready. <laughs> she didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. She's like, what are you what? <laughs> But I'm just like, damn, I can't even have a real conversation with you. I'm trying to have a real conversation. But what I'm saying right. is, you know, you, you know, just because you got some grandkids that ain't married, and ain't met good people, maybe you ain't looking at your grandkids. Maybe they ain't so good. Hmm. And the reason why they ain't making good choices with people, because maybe they ain't just good judge of characters, because maybe they ain't got good character themselves. Hmm. You know, so making these generalizations about dating people and being married, <laughs> I'm like, no, mom, I, that's not how I think. I think if you're a good person, you can meet a good person. Right, but but if you but if you fucked up yourself, you you can't mm. meet a you can't meet a good person because you even if you met a good person, it wouldn't matter because you, you got issues. And you, <laughs> right, because you got issues and you fucked up yourself. So even if you met them, they wouldn't be compatible with you because you ain't ready. Mm. People get ready. Things coming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, so anyway, I'm just saying it to say that, <clears throat> you know, um, it, you know, even with age, don't come wisdom sometimes, man. Hmm. I think I think we get stuck um, where we are with uh, racism in America. Is we're in a stuck place, a place that doesn't allow us to grow and to have better or more sophisticated conversations about race than simply what we experience as individuals. Um, Because our individual experiences can't be taken away, but they can also date you in terms of uh, how how you're not able to get out of a certain box. Um, But hopefully this podcast is going to touch on those controversial subjects um, and hopefully appeal to a wider audience, not because we're simply entertaining, but because we talk about real issues that um, most people try to avoid. And we are at the one hour and 45 minutes into our podcast, brother. Um, As great as this conversation has been, I think we're going to round it up. I'll give you a platform to see if we can put all of this together. Mm. Well, thanks for putting the onus on me again, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> you are the professional. <laughs> to whom, what did they say? Uh, to, to whom much is given, much is required. <laughs> yeah. 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 
That's what they say, bro. I, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I think, um, you know, life is a learning lesson. Um, again, um, you know, I started off by saying, um, you know, yeah, um, life is hard. Life is difficult. But it's even more difficult when you, life is hard, life is difficult. Things are hard, things are difficult. But it's even more difficult when you don't want to do it. Hmm. Ch change your perspective. Hmm. And get it done. You know, um, this is a challenging world that we live in. Um, but it's about your perspective. It's, it's about, you know, how you're going to see it, how you're going to approach it, how you have approached it, and how has that worked for you? And if mm -hmm. that has not worked for you, then are you willing to change your perspective? Are you willing to do something different? You know, because the work has to come from, from you. There's no mystery, God. There's nothing that's going to come out the sky and change things for you. If you're not willing to do the, if you're not willing to do the work, then you can't be willing to realistically think that something is going to change for you because that's not going to happen. So be the change that you want to see. Um, yes, sir. And I think I'm gonna leave it there, bro. Be be the be the changes you want to see. Jeez. You know, do do the thing that needs to be done for you to be where you want to be in life, because I, you are where you are because. That's where you're supposed to be. Mm. Right? So you, you, you're not there by, by accident. Or misfortune. Yeah. Because you are, you are because you're supposed to be there. Yep. Yep. And that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Mm. Right? Because and 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 I, and, I, and the reason why I say it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because let's say you didn't have the best mom so you didn't have the best daddy, right? Because mom and daddy didn't figure it out, or couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. They were they were trying to figure life out themselves, and then they had you, mm -hmm. right? But they they never figured life out. And they never figured themselves out. And then they will figure their relationships out, right? But at what point do you stop blaming mom and dad for your adult life? Mm. Mm. And and I, I I apply the same thing to your marriage. Stop blaming your partner mm. for how fucked up you are. Mm. When are you going to be the accountability? police for yourself exactly stop stop blaming situations and people 
for why you aren't doing what you need to be doing for your for your own self. Wow. That's the the nail on the head, really. So I say that that's that's it in closing though. Yes, sir. I'm gonna leave it at that. I will I will say that uh water seeks its own level. And um not a profound thing or deep thing to say if you don't know what it means. <laughs> no matter how um, uneven the ground is, um, let's put ourselves in that as people, how uneven and unfair things are. You have the potential to rise above that water but that water is going to make everything flat and everything round and everything smooth, no matter how uneven the underground is. Um, hopefully, you can see above the water mentally. I think that is our biggest problem, no matter who we are, what position we start for in life. We can't keep our head above water. That water is the light of understanding, for lack of a better term. Speak that and find ye the kingdom. <laughs> Thank you again, brother, for another insightful podcast. Um, I see we got a, a little popular with the, um, what was that episode? Love. Black Love and um, the um, Passport Brothers. Um, I want to thank anybody that came forward to listen to that. Um, we are here every week, inshallah. Some weeks we miss because this is not to be taken too serious, but it's to be something to get you through another day. And we hope that um, these words and these conversations grant you the light of understanding. And I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. Peace to the universe. Peace to God. Before the split between Khalid and Farrakhan, this was the last thing of wisdom that Dr. Khalid said in reference to his spiritual father, Minister Farrakhan. Unfortunately, Dr. Collard would spend his last years, seven years in total, outside of the Nation of Islam, trying to build his own organization. So there are many things on my heart, but I think if you will permit me to be just a little wise today. It would be better, and I'm sure if you were weigh it, you would agree with me. I don't know how long it will take. It's been over a year. But during that year, I have not said as little as a word, nor as much as a sentence against my spiritual father, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. 
And no matter what I have on my heart, again, I think it should be said between father and son behind closed doors and some resolution made behind closed doors before I come back to the broader community and the broader family. I have many questions to ask. Keene College was not a speech where I stood up to condemn my teacher. Keene College was not a speech where I was going into his domestic life. Keene College was a speech as all of my speeches where I was given the white man hell and I will continue to do that and I make no apology for that. And so I'm still tender about that subject. Jews, so-called Jews, outside of that auditorium calling for his death. I was in a war spirit and a war posture and I felt that I did what was right. Felt that I should have even done more. It should have gone beyond the rostrum and should have been taken outside as we did in Los Angeles when we drove them away from the convention center and drove them running down the streets. I wonder what would have been done then. So for the president to come out, Bill, Willie, Slick Willie, the vice president, the United States Senate to vote unanimously against me, for the first time, the House of Representatives and the full Congress and all of the mayors and governors and city councils and state assemblies and Negro organizations and Negro preachers, Ben Chavis, Reverend Behind, Reverend Butts, some of the other Negroes who came out against me, Jesse Lewis Jackson, who called the white folks, they didn't have to call him, he called them. Ben Chavis bragged in this city on TV how he was the first to call Minister Farrakhan to say something needed to be done about Khaled. All of that and my last word. What's on my heart, I'll have to hold. As the old folks say, I'm just going to tarry a while. And I'm going to wait until my change comes. I don't believe that no matter how long it takes, I will continue the liberation struggle for our people. But no matter how long it takes, I don't believe you will be finding Colin coming out against Louis Farrakhan. Whatever happened 30 years ago between the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, today, Malcolm with the honorable Elijah Muhammad 30 years ago, and Minister Farrakhan with Khaled today, hopefully, prayerfully, Farrakhan and Khaled can put a positive period behind the history of Elijah and Malcolm. Thank you. Oh, my people, I want you to understand and know the time.